BYU's work in the transfer portal rolls on. We'll talk about the latest I'm hearing out of BYU in terms of prospects they're looking at. We'll also talk about former BYU coach Bronco Mendenhall. A couple of you asking me if he is a threat now that he has landed at New Mexico. We'll dig into that. And we're also talking BYU basketball. This team is awesome, my friends. we got all that ahead on today's show. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us here on the podcast. And more importantly, thank you to those of you who have signed up to, to our uh, subtext community so far. Uh, I think we are nearing uh, 30 uh, subscribers so far. Want to make it another fun element of this podcast. Those of you who are part of it are getting my inside uh, intel. The second I get it, I'm passing it along to you guys, and it comes directly to your phone via text message. You can sign up at the links in the show notes, both on YouTube as well as wherever you get your podcasts. would encourage you to join us. It's a 14-day free trial. And of course, uh, you get, like I said, a direct communication line uh, to myself and getting all the details I've got for you guys when it comes to BYU football. All right, let's talk about the BYU transfer portal as we get today today's show started. Now, the biggest thing for BYU in the transfer portal is they're trying to find the right fit of guys. Any of you who saw Tom Homo's tweet earlier this week, uh, I think he's essentially put anybody who's joining the BYU football program on notice that you gotta you gotta be in line with what's going on at BYU. There were too many guys. It felt like just uh, kind of reading between the lines. Uh, his uh, tweet, or I guess it'd be a zit or a post, whatever you want to call it, on X, formerly known as Twitter. Yeah, I think he's putting it out there and firing uh, across the bow of everybody. Get in line with the mission of this football program is, or do not uh, be a part of it. And I know that sounds harsh, but I think that they understand that there were a lot of different things at play with BYU's football season this year. And he did tell our good friend uh, Mitch Harper of KSLSports.com. I work for uh, part of the KSL Sports family under the KSL Sports Zone banner, my day job. He did tell Mitch yesterday down in Las Vegas that Kalani Hitake is not on the hot seat, nor should he be from my personal perspective. But the bigger thing is BYU knows they got to find the right combination of guys in the transfer portal to bring in. And none bigger, obviously, than the quarterback position for the BYU football program. Now, there have been three names so far that I have heard that BYU has kicked the tires on in terms of quarterbacks in the transfer portal. And these shouldn't be all that surprising. Number one is Sam Levitt. Now, Levitt is a former uh, enrollee or playing for a year at Michigan State. Kid formerly out of the state of Oregon. His dad was a linebacker for BYU. His older brother Dallin played for BYU for a short time before transferring to Utah State ultimately has uh, spent uh, quite a bit of time in the NFL uh, since his college playing days ended and Sam is a very very gifted quarterback a dual threat uh, ability to both throw and pass equally well was a four-star prospect very highly regarded coming out of high school uh, I understand that BYU has had some communication with that family they also have uh, uh, gotten in communication with Taylor Green out of Boise State now Green similar to Levitt is a dual threat, albeit a little uh, lesser rated in terms of his overall
overall star rating. And then the third player that I've heard BYU has been in contact with is Jaden Maiava out of UNLV. Now, Maiava led UNLV to a 9-3 and record this season. They did lose to Taylor Green and the Boise State Broncos in the Mountain West Conference Championship game this past Saturday. But all three of those quarterbacks, I think, fit the bill of what BYU is looking at in terms of their quarterback position. I think they learned something from last year. Keaton Slovis was brought in with the best of intentions. Let me be very, very clear about this. But I think that the coaching staff at BYU realized that trying to jam a square peg into a round hole is not going to work. They tried to make it work with Keaton Slovis. They may be able to get a little bit more out of his running ability. They'd be able to adapt the offense uh, to fit what he was looking to do. They hoped that the running game would uh, supplant uh, some of the QB run that was lost with him out there under center for BYU. Alas, it never came to fruition, and I think BYU learned from that, and they have pivoted, and now when it comes to the transfer portal, if you're going to be a guy that BYU is going to look at, you've got to be able to run the football. Now, I'm not saying that these are the only three guys BYU is looking at. They are the three that I know that BYU, having talked with people around and inside the BYU football program, have made contact with, and that's the thing about this is I would assume that BYU is making contact with everybody in the portal. Why not call up Dylan Gabriel? Why not call up any of these top-level quarterbacks in, in the portal and see, just just throw it out there. Hey, I'm Coach So-and-so from Brigham Young University. Uh, do you have any interest in talking to us? We have an open quarterback position. You see what they say. If they say, no, thanks, but no thanks, you move on. If they say, hmm, I, I'll, I'll sit down with you, Sweet, you got an opportunity to, to really uh, pitch what you can uh, pitch when it comes to your sales job as BYU. You got to swing for the fences. And that's one of the terms I heard from somebody inside the football program is BYU is going to, quote, swing for the fences when it comes to finding the right quarterback to fit this system. Does that mean that BYU is all out? on uh, guys like Jake Rutzloff? No, I think Rutzloff will absolutely compete for playing time, and obviously he is the quote-unquote incumbent having started the final four games of the regular season for BYU this past season. So he has got an opportunity to actually have game film uh, for BYU's coaches to continue to evaluate, and he'll obviously get the opportunity in spring camp, also during training camp in the summer, to show what he is made of and uh, make a push for that starting job once again. But I fully expect BYU will do their absolute darndest to find guys guys in the transfer portal. The other thing you can rest assured of is BYU's working in the transfer portal on both the offensive and defensive line. I have been retweeting up a storm both on my uh, personal uh, X account or Twitter account as well as the Locked On Cougars account. All of the different guys getting offers and on bevy of them are offensive and defensive linemen. And that's a good thing. BYU knows they've got to upgrade in the trenches. They absolutely need to be able to uh, force the issue when it comes to being the best offensive line they can be as well as the best defensive line they can be. The biggest key, by the way, for BYU's defense to succeed at the highest level is to have a ferocious defensive line. We're talking stalwart defensive tackles. You're just absolutely immovable. Take double and triple teams on every single play. And then defensive ends, they're getting after the quarterback. Hans Olsen was on my radio station yesterday uh, doing his show, talking about the fact that BYU needs an upgrade, a major upgrade in pass rush. There's no doubt about that. Obviously, having Tyler Batty back when he had nearly half of, or no, excuse me, I think he had exactly half of BYU sacks uh, this season is obviously nice to have. But when it's five and a half sacks total for himself and BYU as a team through a 12-game season has 11 team sacks, That is just abysmal. So yes, they are doing uh, work in the transfer portal. I'll continue to pass along anything I hear when it comes to it, but I wanted to pass along the updates about the quarterbacks I'm hearing that BYU has made contact with. But I truly got a thought that if BYU is going to go after uh, 
anybody. They'll go after everybody, if that makes sense. They are going to look at all options when it comes to bringing in uh, somebody. And if, if they think they're a difference maker, what I understand as well is that NIL and making sure it's quote-unquote worth their while to come to BYU should not be a problem Either So uh, rest assured the BYU has the resources, the manpower, the the will power, whatever you want to uh, uh, kind of criticize. It sounds like BYU's put all of their efforts into this recruiting process because that's all they've really got right now. They've got recruiting because there's no bowl game to prepare for. There's not another regular season game. It's all in on looking ahead to 2024 and bolstering this roster to avoid another losing season, if at, if at all possible, in the 2024 campaign uh, next August. All right, no, and beyond, obviously, uh, next fall. All right, coming up here in just a minute, let's talk about former quarter, uh, former uh, coach Bronco Mendenhall. And by the way, uh, I need to also acknowledge real quick, we'll talk about Bronco Mendenhall in a minute. Uh, in a minute. Uh, Laramie, I did not get back to your text last night via our subtext channel. You did say which quarterbacks are in consideration for, quote, swinging for the fences that you think they are offering. Well, hopefully I just answered your question. I, I will continue to try and track down names, get any intel I can, and pass it along. But it's just kind of the, the field that BYU is going after right now. It includes Sam Levitt. It includes Taylor Green. It includes Jaden Maiava. But I would imagine they've probably talked to five, six, seven times that amount uh, in terms of quarterbacks, just gauging interest at minimum and then moving from there. It's, it's really how it is, by the way, in the transfer portal. It's as simple as getting a text message from a coach saying, hi, I'm coach so-and-so from X University. Would you have interest in talking to me further about a position or uh, maybe joining our football program? You say yes, that conversation continues. You say no, they move on instantaneously. There's no wasting time. And I'm assuming BYU is operating under that same structure because you just you have no time to waste. These are guys making decisions. You already saw Tyler Shuck from Texas Tech in his seventh year of college football. He's going to be playing for his third football program and likely starting for his third football program, having gone from Oregon to Texas Tech and now already committing to Louisville just, what, a day after he entered the portal officially. So crazy, crazy stuff. But That's how the transfer portal works these days. It's an incredible, incredible process. All right, coming up here in a minute, as I mentioned, we're going to talk about Bronco Mendenhall. Another great question regarding him landing at New Mexico and how it might impact the BYU football program. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Let's get a quick word in on one of our good friends over at Jace Medical. Of course, all of us, we know that we want to escape from reality with sports, but all of us need to be sure that we are prepared. We want to talk for a minute about preparing for real life. What I'm talking about is according to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. That is absolutely a scary proposition, my friends. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than uh, knowing that if my loved ones, whether it's my wife or my kids or anybody around me that I have a connection to, uh, just simply could not get the medicine they they needed while supply chain issue kept them from that life-saving medication they obviously would have needed. Thankfully, we'll all be okay because of Jace Medical. Obviously, this is an incredible thing. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, excuse me, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, uh, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to literally any one of us. The best part is you can go to visit Jace Medical today and complete your physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board fi- a certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. Think about that, my friends. It's a great way to be prepared. It's never more impre- more important, excuse me, to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use the promo code locked on for $20 off your order. Once again, that's Jace, J A 
J-A-S-E-Medical.com. Use the promo code Locked On and get $20 off your offer from our friends at Jace Medical. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who continue to subscribe to the Subtext channel. Also, want to remind you guys to subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel right now. All right, let's talk about Bronco Mendenhall. Uh, congratulations to him landing on his feet. Uh, he's been out of the uh, game uh, for two offs, uh, two seasons now, I should say, after resigning his position in stunning fashion at Virginia. He obviously uh, wanted to reevaluate some things, went and built uh, a big old ranch up in uh, Montana from all reports, uh, and it sounds like he has found his next destination because of multiple reports last night coming out that Bronco Mendenhall is the new head coach of your New Mexico Lobos. Yeah, you heard that right. Broncos going back to New Mexico. Now, those of you who know his history know that he was the defensive coordinator under Rocky Long from 1998 to 2002 before coming to BYU as BYU's defensive coordinator and ultimately succeeding uh, uh, Gary Croton as BYU's head coach. Had a great run at BYU, winning 99 games in 11 seasons and averaging nearly 10 wins uh, per season. Then obviously uh, going to Virginia, leading them to an ACC title game, going to an Orange Bowl. He's had a lot of success as a head coach. I think it's uh, of the 17 seasons, 15 of them have gone to bowl games. So really, really impressive stuff uh, from him during his time as a head coach. And New Mexico is betting on that for him coming in and taking over this football program. Now, the question that was posed to me on subtext was a text I got from Ethan saying, Jake, does Bronco Mendenhall start to still recruits away from BYU in New Mexico just like he did at Virginia? I can say that it's a possibility, but here's the thing that's different in this day and age uh, versus what it was when Bronco Mendenhall landed at Virginia. There's one thing I'm going to point out very, very clearly. BYU is a Power 5 football program. New Mexico is a bottom tier, bottom you-know-what of the Mountain West Conference. There is no reason in you-know-what that New Mexico should steal any high-level LDS recruit or other recruit that BYU has interest in uh, if anything other than they're being paid through the nose from the New Mexico NIL uh, people. But New Mexico, apparently, their 505 collective paid out a grand total last year of $525,000. As I understand it, BYU's uh, NIL is well into the seven, if not eight-figure mark if they really need to dig deep into those pockets. There is no way, there is no way uh, under any circumstance that I believe that Bronco Mendenhall is going to scoop up a top-tier LDS BYU-type recruit and get them to go to Alba freaking Kirky, New Mexico. And I... I had a great time last year at the New Mexico Bowl in Albuquerque. Incredible food, by the way. Albuquerque is an underrated food town, but here's the thing. Albuquerque and New Mexico produce, what, maybe, and I'm, I'm being very generous when I say 10 Division I prospects. And oh, by the way, their arch rival right down the road in Las Cruces, New Mexico, is having just the heyday of all heydays with Jerry Kill leading them to a 10-win season. And oh, by the way, that Jerry Kill-led New Mexico State team kicked the ass of Auburn earlier this year. Uh, you know, that team that uh, 
Alabama beat with a fourth and thirty-one, a fourth and goal from the thirty-one, and that ultimately got them into the college football playoff. Yeah, that New Mexico State team. Bronco Mendenhall has uh, just a monumental lifting job to get New Mexico even to being competitive. Now he saw Rocky Long do it. Now Rocky Long is the best coach in New Mexico football history. Granted, I don't know all of New Mexico football's history, but Rocky Long was a beloved figure there. He got frustrated that they were not happy with him grinding out seven and eight win seasons in the Mountain West. So what does he do? He says, you know what? I quit. I'm going to go to San Diego State and start pumping out 10 win seasons and really stick it to y'all. And oh, by the way, you're going to hire a guy by the name of Mike Loxley, who is going to go over for multiple seasons in a row, punch an assistant, be suspended, and ultimately uh, lose his job unceremoniously. Now, they've had a pretty bad run since then. Bob Davey, uh, they just had Danny Gonzalez, who was a New Mexico guy, played there a walk-on, a team captain, a guy that should have been able to get things going for the Lobos, and it felt like he was starting to turn things around, and what do they do? They short-circuit everything he seemed to have been building and kicked him out to the curb and are now bringing him, bringing in Bronco Mendenhall. This screams to me the ultimate Bronco Mendenhall job. He is a guy who has got this fascination with wanting to go to places and prove he can do it at off-the-path uh, programs. He went from BYU to Virginia. There were so many people that thought there was no chance he'd be able to get the job done at Virginia. What did he do? He led them to multiple bowl games uh, in his final, how many seasons that he did? Six or seven that he did at Virginia. He missed the bowl game the first year, never missed a bowl game after that, and ultimately lifted them to the heights of making the ACC title game and went to an Orange Bowl. They have not even uh, sniffed that since he left, obviously, but it's been a short time. And now, uh, obviously, his great run at BYU. And now he's going to go to New Mexico, which is going to be the worst of all the jobs he's probably ever taken on. And he's going to try and resurrect this. Now, is there going to be some talent in that football program uh, with Danny Gonzalez having tried to turn it around? Probably, but how many of them ultimately decide they want to play for Bronco, hit the transfer portal, all that stuff? We'll see. I expect the BYU could see some lower-tier prospects. We're talking some two-stars that you probably maybe are looking at as a preferred walk-on that he uh, Bronco Mendenhall pitches to him. Hey, you can walk on at BYU. I can give you a full-ride scholarship to come to Albuquerque. He may pick off those guys with a scholarship, but there's no reason that a, th- a high three-star, a four-star, heaven forbid, a five-star type prospect, and BYU doesn't really uh, attract many five-stars these days, but if they get to that level, there's no reason that Bronco Mendenhall and New Mexico are going to pose any significant threat to BYU, in my personal opinion. Could I be wrong about that? Could I be eating crow on that? Absolutely, I could be, but this has flipped the script. It used to be Bronco Mendenhall could pitch, hey, we're a bunch of LDS coaches out here at Virginia. It's high academic standards. It's a great school. And oh, by the way, we're playing Power 5 football, which BYU is not, and that's why I left that school. It's completely flipped for Bronco now. He's back in the G5. He has to uh, obviously pitch to his guys. Well, we have the dream of making the college football playoff if we can build enough here and and do our thing and ultimately uh, rise to the top of the Mountain West Conference. Meanwhile, BYU is enjoying all the trappings and all of the extra extra whatever you want to call it that comes with being a Power 5 football program. That's the thing about this. We don't need, speaking to, to you as Cougar fans, you don't need to worry as much about Bronco Mendenhall as you once did. The table is completely flipped this time. The, 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 the deck is in BYU's favor. BYU is a Power 5 football program. Start acting like it. Start throwing your weight around proverbial, proverbially 
and be the biggest, baddest guys out there and go and uh, use those tactics that were used against you for so long and start to win some of these recruiting battles. I believe given the adequate time, guys like Jay Hill will get things right and find the right guys for his defense and bring in top shelf talent. But it takes time to do that. They're going to use the transfer portal to great effect. I'm, I'm, effect. The other thing I've got questions about Bronco Mendenhall is how much does he want to use the transfer portal and how much does he really want to get into the NIL sphere? He didn't seem all that keen on the idea at the tail end of his time at Virginia. But guess what? Money talks these days, and that's really going to be a big key, it feels like, for him. If he wants to get this job done at New Mexico and build a winner with the Lobos, well, he's going to probably have to get Brian Urlacher to come coach his linebackers, bring in Jason Beck in terms of uh, maybe being his offensive coordinator, and the reports are that he's going to have a, a, a staff that's got a lot of connections to him. Well, Jason Beck is not going to be retained at, at Syracuse, so very easily could see him making the move to New Mexico if he's not scooped up by another Power 5 football program. But other people uh, have asked, and I, I I've also seen questions about this. I think Ethan's would, uh, if he had a follow-up, would probably ask this. Is BYU staff at, at risk of having him be plucked away by Bronco Mendenhall? In terms of the overall 10 assistants that BYU has right now, why would you? Why would you want to drop back down to the G5 ranks and have that uh, held against you when you're recruiting? Now, could an analyst or, a, I guess, a, a GA on BYU staff that maybe has a connection to Bronco ultimately be swayed by the chance to be a full-time position coach? Yes, that in theory could happen. I, I'm looking at guys maybe like a Jan Jorgensen. Jan played for Bronco Mendenhall. He had his best football years running Bronco Mendenhall's defense. Could Jan see that he wants to go and uh, finally be a full-time assistant coach and get out on the trail recruiting and finally have a position group to really call his own? Maybe so. But at the same time, I know Jan Jorgensen absolutely adores and loves being a BYU. So very interesting times, but I would not fret that much about Bronco Mendenhall because it feels like this the, the table is completely uh been uh, uh, just kind of tilted in BYU's favor finally, and let's not uh, let's not fret that much about Bronco, even though you wish him nothing but the best as he tries to go about rebuilding a pretty down uh, program in the New Mexico Lobos. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we're talking BYU basketball. Huge win last night for the Cougars as they just absolutely just ran Evansville. Wow, what an incredible performance. We'll talk about all that as we continue on right here momentarily on Locked on Cougars. Let's get a quick word on our friends over at FanDuel. Our friends at FanDuel want you guys to have fun with uh, the betting world. And right now, new customers, you can get $150 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Simply put, my friends, it's $150 uh, put into your account if your team wins. That's an incredible offer. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel and having some fun with the NFL, NBA, college hoops, uh, college bowl season in the football realm get in on the action today with our friends at FanDuel they have spreads player props over unders and many many more so take advantage of the opportunity now and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and have some fun this NFL season the best part about it is they also have daily specials you can uh, cash in on and have fun uh, with that as well it's no better way than to have some fun with our friends at FanDuel an official partner of the NFL Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at UCCU. Now, Learn and Earn is part of their new uh, app. Uh, the UCCU mobile banking app is paying your entire family to learn about money. Of course, all of us want to be smarter when it comes to our finances and how money works. Well, that's where Learn and Earn comes in. It breaks down those financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational stories, lessons, and games. And you can learn right alongside your family. Every time a family member completes a topic, you earn points that accrue and can be redeemed for gift cards to many, many retailers like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and many 
many more. There's age-appropriate content for every member of the family and who can compete against one another and track your progress on leaderboards. And more importantly, it is available learn and earn inside the UCCU mobile banking app so you can play it literally anytime, anywhere. The more you play, the more you learn. And of course, the more you learn, the more you earn. It's learn and earn, part of UCCU's award-winning Be Money Smart Youth Banking program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun with can be more financially literate together. It's all courtesy of UCCU. Love where you bank. Thank you once again for joining us on this Wednesday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing well. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day as always. All right, uh, let's wrap up today's show by talking a little BYU basketball. What an incredible game last night. And by the way, I think all told, we sent 13 of you out to the game. Uh, Chris Akawa, obviously one of our subtext uh, uh, guys, uh, did uh, text me a picture of he being there with his parents at the game. I just want to say thank you for all the support on the subtext side of things. I encourage all of you, if you've not subscribed already, give it a shot. It's a really, really fun thing. Texts come directly to your phone. It's a direct line of communication to myself. I'm having a a great time with it, honestly. But uh, last night, the basketball game, BYU just absolutely just ran Evansville over. What an incredible performance for the BYU men's basketball program. Now, was it that great of a performance for the Purple Aces? No, because they were a 7-1 team. They had had a really, really good start to their season, and they just looked like they were all out of sorts. They could not buy a bucket for large stretches of this game. BYU had a 17-0 run uh, midway through the first uh, half to really blow things open. Had a 12-0 run at the end of the first half as well to really make sure that this game was uh, over at halftime. But the best part as BYU poured it on in the second half in route to a 96-55 win over the uh, Purple Aces. 41-point win. They blew the spread open, if that really matters to you, by more than, I think, 15 points, if I'm not mistaken. And BYU is now 8-0 on the season. There is no reason to think that BYU cannot go up to Utah on Saturday and run roughshod over the University of Utah because the Utes uh, struggled with Southern Utah, who is, by the way, off to a pretty horrendous start uh, themselves. This was really, really fun to see BYU do their thing last night. I cannot believe uh, what we're seeing from guys like Trevin Nell and Jackson Robinson in particular. Jackson Robinson, if he continues to do what he's doing as the sixth man off the bench for BYU, there's no reason to think that he can't win Big 12 Sixth Man of the Year. He is shooting at an astronomical clip right now, and he had a couple of threes that didn't go late. That actually lowered his percentage. I think in the game, let's see, what did he have here? Uh, Jackson Robinson, 7 of 13 from the field, 4 of 9 from 3, ends up with 19 points to lead BYU in the win. Really, really impressive stuff from that young man. As I mentioned, Trevin Nell, uh, I cannot uh, discount how important him being healthy has been for BYU. He was 5 of 9 in 28 minutes last night, 3 of 5 from the field. Also added 7 rebounds and 5 assists. He was nearing triple-double territory. Dallin Hall in his own right, 10 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds. The BYU men's basketball program, they're balling out, and it's really really fun to watch them do their thing and uh, I, I hope that they will continue to do this obviously rivalry games make things a little uh, more interesting when it comes to facing off against an in-state rival. Trevin Nell is a guy who mentioned that he grew up playing uh, with uh, youth star Brandon Carlson on the same AAU squad. He said he was going to text him uh, later here in the week and get some trash talk going. 
it's fun when the rivals get together. And this is the only in-state game BYU is playing this year, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, it's a big opportunity for BYU. They push that record to 9-0. and How far do they move up from number 14 next week, considering this Evansville team was supposed to be a pretty decent squad, and BYU just absolutely obliterated them. And uh, in some ways, you fell for Evansville because in this game, I'm sitting there up there on press row watching Evansville miss bunnies, miss threes, miss mid-range jays. They just could not get buckets to go. And BYU, meanwhile, uh, they couldn't miss for large stretches of this game. The Cougars shot 52.9% from the field. They were 43.8% from three. Now, the one downer on this, if you want to count it as a downer, was they were just 58.8% from the free throw line, uh, 10 of 17. Obviously, free throws are important. They will be absolutely critical when they get into Big 12 play, but there's not much to criticize for this BYU men's basketball program because they play a fun, free-flowing style of basketball. They're uh, mixing up on defense all over the place. Cahill Fennell has taken over at BYU uh, as the defensive coordinator, if you want to call it, uh, for the defensive sets. You're seeing him run zones, mans, presses. They're running everything, monster sets. It's awesome to see what they're doing for BYU. And it's a it's a completely different looking team than it was a year ago. Remember how disappointing BYU men's basketball was last year? And the thought was, if they really bring all these guys back, how much better can they really be? Well, apparently they're top 15 caliber in the country, and that's awesome to see. If you go by the Ken Palm ratings, BYU rose as high as number five last night before settling back to number six. They are They are crushing it right now. And Mark Pope, congrats to him. He he held the steady when a lot of people were like, what are you doing there? So crazy, crazy stuff. By the way, the women's basketball team did beat Utah State yesterday as well in an afternoon affair. But some disappointing news, Nani Falatea, who has been one of BYU's better guards over the past two seasons, according to, uh, according to Amber Whiting, has stepped away from the BYU women's basketball program. Now, she is engaged to BYU left tackle uh, Kingsley Suomataia. I have no idea what is going on with that, but crazy to think that a starter for the BYU women's basketball team, a starter caliber player, I guess I should say, is stepping away, but uh, some stunning news on that front if you're paying attention to the women's hoops thing, because uh, BYU women's basketball is off to a pretty solid start in their own right, and to lose uh, like I said, a steady starting caliber contributor from the past two years this early on into the season, that's that's not great. So, Good news uh, for both BYU men's and women's hoops that got the wins, but there is that one downer note with Nani Falatea deciding to step aside uh, from the BYU women's basketball program. So there you go. Uh, that's what I got for you guys on this Wednesday edition of the podcast. A big thank you once again for all of your support, as always. Uh, I would encourage you once again, please sign up for the subtext community. Be a part of it. Like I said, it's easy uh, to be in communication because it's literally, it's a text. You guys text me, it comes right to my phone, goes right back to your phone, and we can have that direct line of communication. Yes, you have to you have to pay for it. There is a $4.99 uh, charge per month after the 14-day trial, but uh, a number of you have asked how you can better support this podcast, get me more on the road, uh, covering BYU stuff. Well, this is a direct way to do that. So thank you for your support in that regard. Thank you to all of you who make this your first listen today. And of course, thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us here on the podcast as well. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, of course. We'll be back with you guys again tomorrow uh, talking whatever else pops up, transfer portal, uh, recruiting. It's going wild right now, so get ready for it, my friends. And we'll have plenty of coverage for you guys right here on Locked on Cougars. See ya.